0: Hi everyone, today I have Alison Essen with me, the Protection Propositions Manager from AIG. Hi Alison. Hi Catherine. Alison is joining me to give us an in-depth view of what value-added services actually mean, the practical benefits that are there for the clients and why you should be shouting about these from the rooftops. This is the Practical Protection Podcast.
1: Alison, how are you doing? What is the latest with you? Hi, Catherine. I'm doing really well, thank you. Um, it's Pretty much BAU in the Essen household. Um, oh. I'm a home worker anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so no travel to London has actually been a benefit or a positive for me. So all good, working hard. Uh, and my husband usually works away as well, so he's been at home with me all this time. So oh. I'm probably one of the few people who's... Uh, Probably quite enjoyed this whole whole lockdown restriction thing. Yeah, yeah. I was going
0: to say that's, that's really nice, actually, isn't it? I, I know we found it, like, especially, because um, I used to generally work at home. Like, I'd work in the office when the kids were at school, but then I'd be at home and doing maybe little bits of work, but generally trying not to work off someone with them. But Alan was usually doing quite late nights. And so mm. since March, he's seen them more than he's seen them in, in ah. such a long time. And, you know, it just... He just keeps saying now he's just like right you know that's it and we're actually changing it around in regards to the way that everybody's working hours are just so that we can really yeah, can, yeah. It, I think even more so than even before we were always really family orientated all of us but I think even more so it's just like yeah you know what we we really really wanted to make sure we're all at home with families it's it's been nice yeah. in that way in, in for that yeah. but obviously yeah. it's um, difficult in different ways
1: and it's, <laughs> it's challenges yeah <laughs> yes, I'm sure. But, uh, no, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have just it's an opportunity just to reset in many ways, I think. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm sure you're quite familiar with the way that the podcast works. And um, one of the things we do is the Truth or Lie feature at the end of each episode. So last time, Ross Lynette said that his favourite Halloween film is Beetlejuice. And I said that mine is Interview with a Vampire. So who do you think was lying? <laughs>
1: Well, Catherine, I did follow your uh, World Cup of uh, (laughs) Halloween films. And if I recall, I think Ross might be lying. <gasps> oh, actually, Ross is telling the truth. No, I thought you. Oh, I, <laughs> 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 oh my word! It was so difficult, Catherine. I thought you just liked all of. Oh, I thought you really liked the vampires.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I did absolutely. I do really, love Interview with the Vampire, and I was very annoyed. I, d- I don't understand how the sexy vampires did not get further through in that World Cup of Halloween films. Um, but I'd say my ultimate is is actually the Rocky Horror has to be a picture show love that one yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) a bit like hard to start everything off before we start getting into the nitty-gritty side of things so obviously I think that there's many many people who are going to be listening to this who know that AIG obviously offer the smart health services and um, you are the go-to guru absolute fountain of all knowledge in regards to this and so I think what would be really, really good is to just sort of like if we sort of take each part in some ways and just explain. And, and obviously, this yes is part of AIGs, but other insurers as well also have maybe some kind of similar offerings. And we've we've discussed Red Art before, we've discussed Square Health a little bit before. So it'd be really good to just see how it all comes together. So can you start off please by sort of telling us what a value-added service is and why it's now kind of well, I see it as kind of like now the biggest area of competition between insurers.
1: Yeah, well, it's quite interesting. I think so I have to go back a few years, Catherine, just to build up a picture of how we how we got there. So um, they did start as added extras. Um, so the intention was that customers were given something that they could relate to or they could use with their insurance. Um, because, you know, obviously, terms on a protection plan can be 20 25 years we all know the challenges when customers buy them that phrase of put it in the drawer forget about it so these services were added on as as a way of helping customers remember that they had them but give them a little bit extra that they could use maybe not day to day but something that they could give you know that tangible value to their protection policy um so things like legal helplines uh that you could use if you had a problem I don't know with a neighbor's hedge <laughs> or you might want to speak to an employment lawyer if you're having a couple of issues at work uh, and also I've seen some tax helplines as well so not really relevant to the insurance itself and I'm not sure that many people would want to speak to an accountant every day but nonetheless you know they were added on uh, for free and then they could use them but they weren't well communicated to the customer and therefore they weren't used very often but they've been around for years, but I think the turning point was when Bright Grey added on Helping Hands, so the Red Arc service, and I think from a proposition point of view, that was quite, uh, you know, that was a turning point in the value-added service market, I would call it now, um, so these services were obviously more health-orientated, but they were used really only at the point of claim, so again, you kind of had that same issue where you know, it could do so much, but quite late down in the policy's lifetime, maybe, when people were claiming. And also, you know, not everybody claims on their policy. Uh, So that's when they really started to evolve. Uh, So insurers, I think, took a look at what people were going through when they claimed on their policies. Um, So they've looked more at how they could respond to that from a customer point of view. So I think what's become apparent about these so-called value-added services is that they're now changing the insurance that people are buying. Um, the services are providing value every day. So we talk about GP service that can be used, you know, literally every day for the family. I know you've got three three boys, Catherine, I'm sure, you know, they present their own challenges because they just get sick when, you know, Absolutely. whenever. So we see them now as really integrated to the insurance or integrated services that they are more aligned to people's everyday health and well-being needs and they are so much more valuable in that sense so that's why I think so many more providers are looking at that but there's always that baseline that people have to respond to and I think it really was back in the day the bright grey really set the the mark for us to to up our game. I think it's,
0: it's, it's one of those things, like you say, you know, obviously I've got three kids, three and boys and um, especially during lockdown when you've not been able to, something, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things as an advisor, it's always something obviously, you know, that you've been there, you've been advising on, you've been making people aware of it, but lockdown itself has just absolutely thrown it to the absolute forefront of why it's so, so important and the amount of people when I'm advising them, and, and obviously, I know we were chatting a little bit beforehand, and you know there are times that you know, depending on dis- different client situations, sometimes AIG is a good option for my clients. Sometimes others can be, you know, good options as well. Um, but you know, when you you have the option to potentially say to people, you know, like you could have this, and you know, it's it's. You know, sometimes obviously AIG the cheapest, sometimes AIG out the cheapest. When you say to people, look Mm -hmm. at how, you know, potentially, sorry, it's it's maybe just the slightest, hardly anything else. (laughs) Like the the main example that always sticks out for me is somebody where it ended up being an extra £3.60 per year for them to have AIG over the the Uh cheapest provider. So I was just like, okay, so an extra 30p, an extra 30p a month, (laughs) you're going to get all this for you, your partner, and your kids. And immediately yeah. there wasn't even, there wasn't even a seconds thought by the person that just like, I'll have it, you know, and, and I think that's yeah. a massive thing. And I think when we're chatting, especially during lockdown with people, it really stands out to me when I turn around and say to them, you could have access to a remote GP with this. And, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's again, people are just you can hear that people are kind of like at first, I suppose sometimes people may be a little bit dubious, like, well, hang on a minute, how does that work? You know, because this is, yeah, this yeah. is an insurance policy, you know, but, you know, you, you're trying to explain it and everything, but people are liking liking it. They really, really are liking it. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know we'll go on and talk a little bit more about the services, but you know, the GP service, I and mean, when we did do some research before, you know, we launched our own service, yeah, and you know, it came out loud and clear the challenges that people have, you know, pre-lockdown of getting hold yeah. of a, a GP. Um, so being able to use the GP services during lockdown when we're still a bit worried about going to the the surgery and not all surgeries are the same you know some have probably responded better than others you know with remote um, appointments Um, but yeah just that ability to just get on the phone when you need to and we'll talk about it more but people getting used I think to, to, to using them so if anything I think remote services have really been a winner in the lockdown situation which means it's a winner for for customers as well. Absolutely. I was going to say, going back
0: to of like ourselves as well. So we're in Filey in North Yorkshire. We have an absolutely incredible um, GP. And, you know, the GPs here are absolutely lovely, but there is one GP for the entire town, which we're not a big town, but it's still, you know, um, and just from sheer workloads and resources and everything, it's before, especially before lockdown, you were lucky if you could get a doctor's appointment within three or four weeks, um, so having something like this just I mean absolutely for us really really does stand out and I think um I say you know obviously when I advise clients it's something that it kind of leads a lot of the way actually that you know this kind of a, a discussion and um when we did it a, um, a, a few years ago uh, um, abroad we were in Malta and I was worried about one of my children um there was just something I'd noticed nothing urgent or anything but something I noticed and we just went well, yeah
1: why don't
0: we use our you know use this service mm-hmm. and it was amazing because <laughs> obviously we were there at 12 o'clock by the poolside video consultation with a UK GP we didn't yeah. have to worry about language barriers um no nope. you know it was straight away we knew, you know it was like the night time we booked it for the next day for the lunchtime. we knew we had that appointment um yeah. and, and it was in, it was absolutely incredible um how does I suppose a good thing to be. how does the GP service work alongside um, like the NHS GP services? How does that mix?
1: Fundamentally, a GP service will give customers options. So it's a complement to the NHS service. So it's a way of scheduling um, a chat with a GP if you've got a concern. And if you book a remote appointment, it means that you can take the time to ask the GP questions that you wouldn't ordinarily get the time to with a, an NHS GP because, you know, They're constrained. You know, you've got 10 minutes to get in there. You know, they're they're just trying to get through all the appointments that they have in the day. So it's supplementary to the NHS service, I would say. So it's a real luxury to be able to arrange a dedicated time for yourself to discuss your health concerns. Uh, So, you know, in the industry, most appointments are 20 to 30 minutes long for a GP service. That's already much longer than the time that you can get with an NHS GP So this means customers can discuss options and next steps if they want to talk about a referral, for example. So GPs also get the customer's agreement to send the notes across to their own NHGP. So this means that there's continuity of care. They do complement each other. And so our customers are, are loving the service, requests for the GP appointment. You know, they've doubled since the first lockdown in March and they've remained at that level since yeah, so people are really used to using the service and they're happy to come back. So almost almost 40% of appointments are repeat. So users are, customers are willing to use the remote service and they're getting, I think they're gaining trust in them as well. And just one final point on that. So in terms of, you know, how it works with the NHS, about 30% of our requests for a GP appointment are outside working hours. So after eight o'clock and before nine o'clock in the morning, So, you know, the remote GP services are supporting clients when a traditional surgery appointment just isn't possible for them. I think that's, yeah, I think that's really,
0: really incredibly important because, you know, like, like I think many of us, you know, there's, there's obviously quite a lot of people at the moment who have been unfortunately furloughed or have lost their jobs, you know, so in a sense, being able to go to those appointments during the days are, are, are not as as hard for them possibly because, you know, they, they yeah. do, obviously, yeah. that's <laughs> not have seen and that's okay, it's just, you know, that is an unfortunate situation they're in, but there are many, many of us who are actually, our workloads have probably increased far more yeah. and you know even though we're working at home possibly even that divide between you know that home and then work balance you know we're, we're probably working even longer hours I know I have been doing recently and yeah. Um, yeah. and it can be pretty intense and then to even even when you're doing that to then be able to step away because you then because obviously everything's changed so much there's so much interconnectivity of well if that person's unable to work then your yeah. workload <laughs> increases um yeah. but no I think that's it um, Obviously, incredibly important to know that it is available. But, like you say, at any point, and it really is that thing of at a time that suits you. And I don't think I've ever. I mean, I've got the AIG um, option through um, through my um, the the group insurance that we have at Cura. Um I do also on my personal insurance have access to Square Health um, and their um, GP appointment booking system. And I have to say, both of those facilities I've used um, at different times, and I've never. I've never had it where there's not been an appointment available there's always been at least an appointment yeah, for me to yeah. choose from um which i think is actually yeah. absolutely phenomenal um that, that there's that much of it um available and um, but what you're saying there as well about so is it 40 percent of people yeah. are coming back and reusing it i mean that's 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 brilliant
1: it is and i think it just shows that you know as i say people are willing to try something yeah. or they're willing to they understand they need to do something about, you know, something that's wrong with them. And I'll use myself as an example. That's always easy, isn't it? So yeah. I'll find any excuse not to go to the doctor. I'm really, really bad okay. <laughs> for not going. And one of these people will just go, oh, do you know what? I'll just, it'll go away, whatever it is, it'll go away. Um, I gonna... <laughs> but actually using the service, I've used it three times myself now. <laughs> I've used it three times myself now. And wow. that's something I probably wouldn't have done with my own GP. So if it allows people to, you know, step in earlier, it can only be a good thing for their longer term health, can't it? You know, you get things seen to earlier.
0: So I was going to say, there's meant to be, um, obviously, I'm hearing quite a few things, not sort of like, I'm not saying that I'm completely in the know medically and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we are hearing these reports of the amount of cancer diagnoses, the the amount that happened this year, obviously, statistically, have dropped dramatically and the fact of the matter is that cancer hasn't disappeared it's just that people haven't had access to go and get those appointments which is it's incredibly scary That's to think right. of the long-term knock-on effect and obviously having these That's kinds right. of appointments even though you know we're not saying that we're going to be able to catch all of everything you know even it, it, it's just that even if it's that initial, like you're saying the referral service so you speak to somebody yeah. and they can say right okay you know if someone speaks to them in that kind of situation and there's a concern it's not going to be a case of oh well just wait or like that it's going to be a case of no you're getting referred and then it's still going to be accessed which is incredible Um, another thing that's on offer as well is the um, second medical opinion services Um, as I said I've spoken to Steve Case before and Sue Kinsella on here from from the different services their organisations can provide but I haven't had a chance yet to have a, a good chat about best doctors um, I know a bit about Best Doctors. I've heard a few, obviously, yeah. there's a, an incredibly powerful case study with Best Doctors that I do actually use to describe the benefit of it to um, to the team when I'm training our new advisors yeah. and also sometimes to clients as well. Um, can you tell us more about Best Doctors, please?
1: I certainly will. So, yeah, Best Doctors is an absolutely amazing service. So it gives people the opportunity to get a second opinion if they've had a diagnosis. Uh, They also get the opportunity to discuss their treatment plan just to make sure you know that it's you know just a peace of mind thing really Um, so they can have a uh, they've got the right diagnosis or sometimes they've been struggling to get a diagnosis. Um, So it's provided by Teladoc Health Uh, and really what it does it opens the door to clinics all over the world so you get access to you know world-leading specialists in clinics in maybe California you know it could be Australia it could even be in the UK and what it does it gives you um, access to I think it's over 50,000 specialists in over 450 areas of medicine you can get a second opinion Um, so you know the expert will review your case so they get your medical records managed by a GP in the UK they'll review your diagnosis and your treatment plan and they'll come back with a report so in most cases you know you know the consultant will say yeah you've got the right diagnosis they might make a recommendation that the treatment plan yeah it could be slightly different for you in your case or they'll say yeah actually the treatment plan is good but the real benefit is when you get one of those cases where you know diagnosis has changed or the treatment plan has changed. Mm. Um, And I know, Catherine, you've spoken to Vicky Churcher. Um, She is probably, I don't think there is any better way of highlighting the real impact of best doctors when you look at Vicky's case, really. You know, I can sit and talk about the the report and a specialist, but for, you know, everybody listening uh, who's maybe Heard the Vicky story, or those who haven't heard Vicky's story, I would recommend that they go and listen to your podcast, where Vicky herself tells her story. Yeah. Um. Just briefly, you know, she was she's had a heart attack, um, and what she said that best what best doctors did for her was to understand why she was having the heart attack, and it transpired, you know, it was hereditary, and had an impact on her daughters and the diagnosis. So it was more than just you've had a heart attack, patch you up you know get you back you know the best doctors just took it that one step further to understand you know why is this happening and when they found out it was an hereditary you know they could act on it for for the family too every insurer is different um AIG gives best doctors to all our CI claimants for three years after that even when their plan comes to an end so when you think about it they've had their diagnosis they're into the treatment phase so this is really where best doctors comes into play, as it were. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's a service to be used anytime you want to get uh, a diagnosis check, but from a protection insurance point of view, it's that point after claim that really can give support and get people, you know, if the treatments, they just feel it's not working for them, you can get that second opinion. Or if they're worried about the surgery that's being recommended, they yeah. can get that opinion. So as I say, it just opens those clinic doors that you wouldn't ordinarily ever be able to to access. Even in the, the first year, you know, this year with Smart Health, shall we say, we've already had people benefiting from a change of diagnosis. Right. Um, so yeah, so the volumes aren't high because you know it is high, you yeah. know, impact stuff uh, and all the rest. But uh, yeah, thirty percent of people who used it got a second uh, a new diagnosis and there have wow. been be cases for children yeah yeah it's you know it does, it does actually happen yeah. <laughs> you know you know all insurers well most insurers do offer the service um, so you know we can say you know people do actually get a different diagnosis mm-hmm. and they do get treatment recommendations as well so it's not a service that delivers nothing other than more than just peace of mind yes. Yeah, there is an impact to it and for children as well we've had four
0: child cases
1: as well right yeah
0: yeah that absolutely gets to you know that's straight away for me is you know obviously mum of three young kids it's I don't think mm. there's sort of many parents that would sort of hear that and not think right okay yeah I absolutely want to make sure that I've got access to something like that because it's obviously it's really scary as well that um that I, I mean obviously <laughs> Not saying that it's going to happen all the time, but it, it is scary how a diagnosis could be wrong in the first place. Because obviously we do trust, obviously, the, and the NHS is a fantastic, fant- absolutely phenomenal service that we have here in the UK. Um, but very, very worrying if 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 that's what's if that's what's happening, and then potentially, I suppose that it's. I'm kind of sorry. I'm my head spiraling into the knock-on effects of you know something of <laughs> like diagnosis. Mm-hmm. If that's wrong, then. Could the treatment plans being planned be completely wrong? Could treatment be missed that needs to be done? Or could it be treatment be given that's actually not needed and then causes harm in a different way? That's There's so many aspects to that. So that's, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. And as I say, you know, low volume stuff, but again, referring back to Vicky's yeah. story, you know, if you ever were to hesitate about using that service, then just listen to her story yeah. because you just don't know. You know the impact to, in the benefit it could have to to you and or somebody else in your family. Sure, Absolutely.
0: I think as well with Vicky's um, case, I think she was saying obviously with some of her children, and I think even extended family members, the ones now from a young age, they're now on medication that will prevent them having a heart attack. And yes. I mean yeah. that's. Yeah. For one, before I obviously heard Vicky's story, I didn't even know you could take medication to prevent a heart attack. And you obviously about the things post heart attack. I didn't realize I'm I'm kind of there thinking, well, should everybody have this medication? You know, it's it's kind of well, (laughs) I'm one of those people that I'll be vaccinated against everything. I'll you know, it's like nth degree, you know, kind of um, protecting yourself. But um, but yeah, this that's it's absolutely it is really really powerful stories like this where they stand out. Um, yeah. Another key area is uh, mental health, which is obviously something that I am very, very keen on and, and like to, to hear about what's happening and different people have to, um, t- to offer it, something I'm really passionate about. Um, I know that insurers can sometimes offer mental health support to the, um, to the policyholders across all the different kinds of um, protections. So we're talking personal, business and group. I wonder if, like employees, dependent. I mean, either in big or small organisations, you know, I, th- I think it, it doesn't really matter, you know, for, for, for like, the companies who do offer this kind of service to their employees. I do sometimes wonder if employees are maybe worried that if they access something like that, that the boss will find out that there'll suddenly be a, like an annual review or something, there'll be a little marker on there saying, well, someone's been accessing the mental health services and then the teams all start mm. kind of like going in and thinking, like, who's been doing this, you know, and maybe wondering if it ups the impre- the premiums and stuff, if they've accessed it. How does it work when it comes to the mental health side of things? Because I do believe that there's a lot of confidentiality in place, isn't there?
1: There very much is. And it's a really good question. And I'm really glad you've asked it, to be honest, because I think there is a worry if you work for a company and you have the services and it's, oh, there's always a, that thing about the mental health service, isn't there? Yeah. And people are always a bit wary and, you know, it can take time to think, oh, God, you know, do I need a bit of help? So I'm glad you've asked that question. So I think the best way to frame it is, you know, the employer's taken that first important step. You know, they've gone and sourced the services to make available. So, you know, the employer is recognising that people will need some help. We all know the stats. Um, one in four will suffer a mental health problem at some time. Um, so they've taken that first step and they've told their employees what's available and, of course, how to access them. So to me, that is, you know, the employer's done that. They're available. Please go and use them. Yeah. But that's that worry that, you know, you, you don't need to go and ask the employer to use them. Yeah. You know, you can go and Use them on demand. So effectively, they've, they've, I use the word empowered, but you know, they've effectively given them the tools to go when they're ready, if they're ready, if they need to. That's the thing. So they've taken that first step. And they've already been paid for as well. So there's no cost. They don't need to go and ask to use them. They don't need to worry about, oh, is this going to cost them money? You know, am I going to be a drain? You know, it's just all this negativity that can build up in using them. So generally, I think how the services all work um, is that the person can just get straight in contact with the provider. It could be an EAP, as you know, or it could be something like... Smart Health or the other services uh, available in the market as well. They will speak to uh, a counsellor or in some cases a GP first so they can understand you know, what's affecting them, what's the best way to help them. And then from that way forward, they'll work with their psychologist or their counsellor to understand the root causes, what's causing the issue, but more importantly, obviously, how they can work together together to make things better, depending on the frequency, depending on who's helping them as a psychologist or a counsellor. But going back to your original point, the employer has made these available. You know, they want people to go and use that effect- Effectively, we put it in place, and if you need to, please go and use them. Yeah. But you mentioned confidentiality. Obviously, all companies will get some form of information about who's using the service, but only in terms of volume. So yeah. they'll understand so if they're running like a health and wellness week or program and then they'll talk about the services, then they can go and look to see how effective those internal campaigns have been and whether their employees have engaged with the service. Yeah. But never down to the level of who, you know, male or female or age, nothing like that. It's a, it's a purely sort of transactional thing from an employer point of view.
0: That's really good to know. And I think there's a couple of things that kind of stand out for me as well. Sorry, thinking about the benefits of them. I think a big thing obviously as an employer myself, I think it's really, really important that employers remember to kind of periodically send out that information to people. So employees don't feel that they need to ask someone, oh, where's that number? You know, so it's, it's very, again, keep the confidentiality aspect, make sure it's available near the employee handbooks, which should be obviously always accessible was quite a good thing every now and then is um sorry just like a little email shot around the, the company just to say yeah. just to remember that these are available because like you say they are there and it's we're wanting to make sure that the stuff are fine but going back to things that yeah. we said earlier as well accessing the gp 24 hours a day like you're saying possibly speak to a gp first maybe you know it's it's giving people as well if they have are experiencing maybe some kind of a mental health event they're getting access so in, instead of it being restricted to NHS availability times it's being opened up to even more people and also at times where they don't need to feel that And know we're in lockdown at the moment obviously but you know they're not having to like hide around the corner at work on the lunch break and trying to speak to somebody and hoping colleagues don't overhear and um, they're just at home and of in the car, whatever, you know, it's like that it's in their own space at their own time, which that in itself, having that kind of sort of like flexibility to kind of own how the journey is going to start for someone with mental health, that can be incredibly, that in itself can be incredibly empowering.
1: Yeah. And it's just removing all possible barriers from people accessing the services, and the other thing that we've found is that people are speaking to the GP. So, you know, we there are a lot of GP appointments under our service. But I think you'll be interested to know, Catherine, that once they've spoken to a GP, that same GP has actually referred the customer to the mental health service. So they've not made that step to think they have a mental health problem, but they yeah. know something in themselves isn't right. Yeah. They've gone and used a GP and then the, the benefit of being able to refer it on to a mental health service within the, state, the Smart Health, sorry. But, yeah, you know, again, it's they're not being passed on somewhere else where they need to start again. Yeah. You know, there's that continuity. So just removing the barriers and, as you say, yeah. telling employees frequently about what's available because in and out people are tuned into these things or they're, you know, just whatever how they're feeling. Um, so I know at AIG, our HR team are really, really good at every time we talk to our employees, they just remind them that they've got the yeah. service available to them. So you're right, just need to know uh, just when the time's right and you can just pick up the phone when you need to. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. I think um, as well, when we talk about, again, it kind of like evolves on from what we have just been saying, but with lots of these um, extra value added services, it's a lot of promotion of obviously self-care, and um, physical and mental and emotional. It's, it's kind of like, um, it's not just for mental health, it's also for all the other aspects as well, which I think especially during lockdown, where I think sometimes some of us are, are quite in tune with ourselves and know if we maybe need to access help. Sometimes we're not as in tune with ourselves and then suddenly yep. <laughs> have a moment where we're just like, wow, I wow, I need support. And with lockdown that can, if the isolation of that could be felt even more so. But there's quite a few options with insurers to do things like, you know, kind of health checks when it comes to like, yes. protection insurance policies. So I can probably very much guess probably the reasons for that. But from, from your mm-hmm. point of view as propositions manager, why do insurers think maybe even like annual health checks or even if it whether or not it's something in person or whether or not it's like an online kind of like questionnaire thing? What, what's the sort of like thought basis behind that for is offering
1: it yeah so you're right so there are various ways that people can get a health check but fundamentally it is another tool to encourage people to take action take care of their health so it's another example of empowering people to engage with their health but fundamentally taking action to improve it yeah. so for many people it could be the first step in finding in what shape they're in you know yeah. something you know if you can just assume not everybody knows their numbers you know I couldn't tell you what my blood pressure is right now but so getting a health check makes you look at yourself, understand oh my goodness, what is my blood pressure what's my cholesterol yeah so getting your numbers yeah in our case it is it's an online questionnaire so know your numbers. And it will churn out a report for you based on, you know, your circumstances are. And then it will signpost you to say, right, (laughs) your BMI is too high or your cholesterol levels are too high. Mm, Your blood pressure could be a bit lower. And so the key thing is it will then tell you the next steps to take to mitigate that and that's why it's so important to in a way it's the sort of central point of feeding out to well I might need to get fitter right okay I can go use uh, the fitness service to go and do that Mm -hmm. or I need to lose weight okay how am I going to do that my blood pressure's low high low you know speak to a GP so you refer to the you know these these services Mm -hmm. because in a way it's the first step to understanding what shape you're in and what what you need to do and engage and take steps fix things basically
0: absolutely I think um I think a good point of that as well is that sort of you know some people obviously they may be I I think I'm one of those um people where I mean I do generally eat quite well but I'm one of those people where I'm kind of like I'm slim but I've got like a really high body fat percentage so I know I need to (laughs) to do sort of certain (laughs) things I
1: did
0: was it and when I went I did like um a boogie fit camp after I had my third child I think it was um, the name was what's it? The sort of skinny fat person, uh, in a sense of really slim, but inside there's lots and lots of uh, yeah. And, and my children at the moment do enjoy coming up to me, going, "Mummy, you're squishy." And it's just like, yes, love you too. Go away, snarling at them. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I think it's a good thing because you know, maybe for somebody, maybe like myself, who is in a sense quite slim. If those numbers aren't what you'd expect, you know, it's maybe that realisation hitting home to say, well, actually, okay, well, you may be slim, but that's not the end of it. Or maybe if somebody is eating really well and they are fitting um, healthy and those numbers aren't what's expected, maybe that's not all, obviously, probably not the majority of times, but there will be some times where that's going to be a red flag for something else that absolutely needs some kind of more of like a GP intervention and starting to look further. Yeah. So I think, you know, anything like that that brings people's, the, the kind of state of their health to the front is absolutely essential. So, so just moving on to the, the thing you've saying, some of the other bits, so like the nutrition yeah. consultants, you know, that seems to be a really popular thing um, at the moment that's being offered. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, clients may be trying to trying and say, nutrition, you know, kind of thing. And I'm um, <laughs> wondering why that is there. And it's, it's kind of I think, well, well, there's two sides of it in some ways you know it's for one it's i, I suppose in a couple of ways it's like if, if someone's focusing on the nutrition is eating healthier then that's obviously incredibly better, much better for them it's it, it does mean that they're obviously hopefully going to live longer because they've really been in tune with their body it's also benefiting obviously to the insurer in many ways because you know if someone is fitter and healthier and in tune with their body again the likelihood of a claim does reduce So I think, you know, it's it's mutually beneficial to everybody, but I don't think it should be seen as sort of like a a tactic of, you know, sort of like insurers are doing something else to try, (laughs) you know, I think, you know, because people will ask and start like, go, so hang on a minute. So they're doing this so I'm less likely to make a claim. And you're just like, (laughs) <laughs> yes, because that's a very, very good thing. You know, <laughs> it's very, we, we don't want there to be a claim. <laughs> Um oh. in regards to the nutrition side of things, um yeah. what happens when somebody engages with that? Can you take us kind of like through the steps? Because I know I know some stuff, but I know for me I've absolutely I've gone off the bandwagon a little bit, but also because I've not been feeling particularly well at the moment, I'm probably going to need to engage with some kind of nutritional service soon because I just I know my body's not imbalance at the moment um, so what would happen if I, if I was to contact you know what, what steps would I go through
1: right well get in touch and you would obviously have concerns you're just feeling mm, something's not quite right about me so that really highlights that the nutrition service is more than just about losing weight it's yeah. more than just eating your five a day and I think you know that's a really I'm really glad you've asked the question about it too because it is it does seem a little bit random doesn't it to have it included <laughs> as a part of a, a package but they know the science of your body and what food. It does. You know, you have heard the expression that food is medicine yes. and that's really what the nutritionist will will help you with. If you wanted to engage, you'd fo- you know, speak to the nutritionist and she'll, un- she'll want to understand well, what is it you're trying to achieve, Catherine. Yeah. So she'll go through a bit of background as to, you know, why that might be, you know, obviously your general health. You know, because she will need to understand, is it a health issue or is it just purely a, a food issue, for yeah. example? Is it you just want to lose weight, for example? So she'll try to understand what your eating habits are, foods that you don't like. You might have al- allergies or intolerances yeah. to food as well. So she'll try to build up a picture of you know your situation, what you like to eat, what you don't like to eat. And up until lockdown, I guess, we've all been we were challenged basically with busy lives, commuting mm. maybe. so we weren't eating as well as we could do Uh, but now we're at home and we're perhaps eating more than we should do (laughs) or we've now got more time to look at our food, look at what we're actually eating on a daily basis. So she'll she'll want to understand what your goals are. And I like to make sure that people think about the nutrition as a health thing as well. So give you some examples that can be weight loss. So you might have had that health check and they said, well, you just you really need to lose weight because your BMI is too high. To you might be eating in pregnancy. So you need to eat healthily or you're trying to conceive. How can the nutritionist help with that around the vitamins, that sort of thing? It could be recuperation. What should you be eating when you're in recuperation? You know, what portion sizes should you be eating? Yeah. That sort of thing. Child nutrition. I know you've got three boys, Catherine. I have no idea what meal times are like, but... <laughs> Manic.
0: Manic. Mm. And you can always guarantee that one of them refuses to eat whatever is in front of them. And I will put my hands up and say that bribery with chocolate during <laughs> lockdown,
1: especially with homeschooling, <laughs>
0: It, it happens. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we've had our nutritionists run webinars about eating for your mood, so things yeah. that can help you, that sort of thing. Yes. So really, they're there to respond to what you want to achieve. So um, mm-hmm. think about it as well in terms of like a family option as well. So you talk about your three boys, and one will refuse to eat one, or or what have you. You know, it can really just help you work together as a family with the meal plans that they'll give you recipe suggestions um advice and we've even had one of the nutritionists diagnose somebody with a gluten intolerance that the customer just didn't even Uh know so that's why it's important i think just to really just try and showcase what they can actually do for people because it is more than just i want to lose weight so we have seen all the fad diets you know they can cut right through that Yeah. You know, it can help you about how much protein you should be eating. You know, I've tried Weight Watchers, you know, and it kind of skews the way you eat because you think you can eat too much of one thing. But actually, that can be a bad thing. Yes. So getting a nutritionist view, I think, is something that we could all probably benefit because we've all built up views on what's good and what's bad I think the other thing as well bringing it back say to protection insurance yeah. if somebody's been diagnosed with cancer and they're going through chemotherapy you know they'll maybe lost their they're maybe not eating yeah. lost their sense of taste and smell yeah. and having access to a, nut- a nutritionist I think could really help some people and really quite you know yes. struggling with their their health or a diagnosis and struggling to eat properly to be honest
0: Absolutely and I mean that absolutely hits home for me as well because my dad has Parkinson's so he lost his sense of taste and smell I think it's probably about seven eight years ago so he's not been able to and it's it's, yeah I think that out of everything (laughs) I think it's what gets to him bless him he can appreciate the textures but Um. I just you know every now and then you just think oh can you imagine never being able you you just you literally are just eating for the necessity of eating not for the enjoyment and actually that's if that's a big shock, and of and as well, there's lots of other things in regards to Parkinson's in regards to the um the transit of the food and everything through the digestive tract and stuff like that. So mm. it isn't I, I do think it's incredibly important. I've done like that whole thing of you know, where I was um I was trying to be paleo for a while, so I just wanted to be all natural. A few years ago, I'd been vegan, but then I I struggled with energy levels quite a bit when I was vegan. Uh, so yeah I had to okay. stop mm-hmm. and I, I became more pescatarian. So that was better, but then um. <laughs> i was gonna say going could sound so dumb, but alan <laughs> alan was ridiculously ill in august with um a stomach bug and um, to the point oh it God. was one we have no idea how he got it but it was one where they actually it was like notifiable to the health agencies wow. in england because they were just oh like where have you been eating where's the food come from this is serious no idea what yet but it really has made me paranoid about food again so like i'm completely off eating meat mm-hmm. fish at the moment, <laughs> uh, at the moment, because I've been like really tired. Someone said, cut out gluten, cut out dairy. So I'm just like, okay, right, what can I eat?
1: Sounds <laughs> uh, you need to speak to I the need nutritionist, Catherine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it's just, it's been a bit intense actually. But no, I, I really do do need to speak to somebody I think sometimes you know in any case because you know we hear all these diets you know I, was, I, I tried the was it the keto yeah. diet for a bit I think Alan was doing that and because we are doing so much fitness stuff it was like protein mm. Yay! I can eat like bacon all day brilliant this is amazing <laughs> uh, and so um, we we're doing stuff like that and then it's I, I kind of even feel myself that I've kind of at times that I, it's not something that I jump from one to one in a sense like quickly but you do seem to get kind of drawn into one way and then it doesn't seem completely right so you move away back to your normal and so you think oh I'll try this one over here and, <laughs> and it is easier yeah. to get really drawn into, into those things.
1: I think we've all been there and yeah sometimes I mean if you do love food I mean I love food mm. you know anything that allows you to eat lots of the things you really like you're always going to be drawn to it aren't you Absolutely. rather than the cutting out things and I think that's where the nutritionist really just sort of like draws the line to say you can't cut out whole food groups you know that sort of thing yes. so it gives you a, a balanced
0: view and then obviously we're chatting as well um, I know you mentioned about the fitness side of things as well and it's I know that has obviously fitness has had a massive focus during lockdown something that really stands out in my mind completely relevant to insurance but my sister lives in Italy and I remember obviously when Italy really went into lockdown even earlier than ourselves seeing um, Mm. the videos of there was an Italian fitness trainer just on top of his building doing like yep. fitness classes and uh, everyone was on the balconies in the cities like trying to follow yeah. him and stuff And I just remember seeing especially at that time in Italy just the unity that they had actually was just absolutely mm. incredible to, to me I've like, seen a few things about that which has been really interesting so Alan does like loads when I was at boot camps he's that person that's throwing a tire around on the beach and burpees and things like that uh, and yeah you know, he was always doing <laughs> stuff like that massively so and then obviously all of a sudden his support groups, his fitness support groups have gone out, Alan mm-hmm. especially, you know, fitness is his way of keeping on top of everything, you know, his, his fitness, yep. the kind of stress that it, he may have. And I know, I mean, I absolutely credit um, Zumba and dancing with helping me with my mental health. And it was really weird for Alan because I mean Dad had ankle surgery last November, December time, so he really wasn't still back up to doing his running again. So he kind of lost, as I say, his main kind of outlets health-wise. So Mm -hmm. I think we did what a lot of Mm -hmm. people did. We did Joe Wicks um, every morning with the kids obsessively. Um, Absolutely stuck to that for about a month. And then I became absolutely... knackered doing them I'll just put it out there that my body actually really isn't designed for high intensity training and I'm really glad in some ways that I have a medical condition which means I can say that's not designed for me I don't have to do it (laughs) I'm not doing it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know it was it was really really good and we were doing stuff like cosmic kids yoga and and I've moved to doing I found some incredible um teachers on zoom zumba and I also Mm -hmm. do zoom pilates Mm -hmm. now as well really really good people and people that especially like the Pilates person with me it's my health. I was worried because there's certain things I can't do because of my health conditions, even when it comes to Pilates. And it was really lovely to speak to someone who was just like, well, actually I've got the same health condition as you. And I've been able to mm-hmm. do this, this, this to help. And even though we're not the same, you know, and I could see them and see how they were doing stuff. And it gave me more confidence in their ability and, And also, um, it's like different ways we had to adapt the exercises because like there's certain things that I can do, I bend into a certain way, potentially, (laughs) and my muscles won't feel it, whereas a regular person would do it, they'd either not be able to move that much or their muscles would be screaming. And I would be looking at her in the the Zoom call and just like shaking my head and she'd know if I was shaking my head and then she would just immediately say, right, just casually just going, if you can't feel this, do it this way. And I would go into the next one thinking, "Oh, it's just me. and then I'd be like, oh wow, that's a muscle I've not felt before. It was really, really incredible. But I think, you know, it's, it's hard. And, you know, I was asked to do like a bit of a video about it. It's how are you balancing everything on top of it? It's, it's incredibly hard, really, really hard. And as if anything, I always say, grandmas are an absolute godsend. So, you know, there are times that, you know, at the moment now we're back into the second lockdown, there is a childcare bubble, you know, so obviously my mum is able to be here, and help with the kids, and I may be able to have a quick dance in another room or something. I'll do some stretching. <laughs> it is that complete balance of, right, you know, if Alan's doing exercise, I can't, and vice versa. You know, we're having to really try and, um, and keep yeah. it balance between the two of us. If, if the schools weren't open still, then it would just absolutely go, like it did last time. It just had to completely stop. Mm. But I think, you know, as I say, for me, I know that the physical exercise side of things, I'm seeing loads of people on social media as well, the amount of us that are saying, I need to do this. This is so important for mental health. And people even saying I didn't realize how much this was actually helping with my mm. mental health. I and mean, when I've not been able to do it, it's really yeah. it's showing me this. Again, if, yeah. you know, if I were to turn around and go, right, what well, I'm doing Zumba and Pilates. This is there something else I should be trying? In a sense, and I wanted to engage with mm. the fitness side of things. I know, and also there's some options where you know you can potentially engage with specific gyms or um, potentially access specific apps on your phone where there's like um yeah. again kind of like high intensity sessions downloaded to your phone mm-hmm. you know this that but I mean how does it work in like AIG side of this so I know yours works slightly differently yeah. I think
1: it does so that whole picture you painted there around flexibility and the gyms are closing down again yeah. you know you may not be able to get to gym even under normal circumstances the fitness thing is like all it's a bit like the nutrition service you probably have a goal in mind about what you want to maybe achieve. Um, So even people who are maybe just, again, maybe they've had their health check and said, you need to do some more exercise or even just do some exercise. The fact that we're sitting probably at desks longer, even than a normal, you know, if you were commuting or working. So effectively, you have a goal in mind and you contact the service to say, well, I'm sitting at my desk too long. I really need to get fit. Can you recommend an approach for me? to get fit. Or you may be somebody who's a moderate level of exercise. And again, maybe it was gym based that they can't do that anymore. So ask for a program that will kind of tide them through that period to keep them exercising and maintain a fitness. So it can also work for people, somebody like Alan, who's obviously very, very fit make recommendations and a program that allow him to keep that fitness going and alternatives while you know he can't get to boot camp or what have yeah. you so it's really like everything else around our service It's really what that individual wants to achieve so how much time in the day do you really have to do exercise but trying to stretch you into doing something so it recommend it's four or eight weeks so you know you can choose I want to focus on it for four weeks as it's achievable or eight weeks if you think you're really you know ready to make that commitment into getting fit and so they'll give you exercises stretches as well because some people are new to exercise or they're just used to walking you know and it also kind of links in with the nutritionist as well so it's not just about doing one they're trying to balance between your fitness and making sure that you don't undermine for example with the eating (laughs) so it kind of joins them up and just talking you know health conditions as well so as part of that assessment if the um, fitness expert thinks "Mm, I'd probably like you to speak to a GP first before we embark on this so they will refer them to speak to the GP service and then come back into the fitness. So I think the key thing is that it's goal orientated and it is tailored and they will provide information and programs and check in with you and how you're going. And if things aren't working for you, go back and speak to them and say, no, that just isn't working or you find it's too easy. Maybe, I don't know, you know, uh, just go in and get it changed to to accommodate where you are in your fitness journey, really.
0: Absolutely. i I really like the sound of that as well, about the whole fact that, you know, if need be, they'll say you need to speak to a, a GP first, because I think, you know, the, the, obviously all I do is speak to people really with health conditions. I think you know, <laughs> there's so, so many people with health conditions. Mm. And I think it's, it's easy sometimes to start doing something like this. And then, you know, you sorry, you maybe do maybe have something and then you can get demotivated quite quickly. So, say like for myself, yeah. you know, like I know, me having having the height mobility syndrome I know I can do things like hit sessions but I also know that one they're not actually particularly good for me the way that my body is set up some people with hypomobility mobility may be fine but they're not particularly good for me and also I know that mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do it as well as I want to be able to do it because mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm already kind of <laughs> physically limited to some things which then kind of reminds mm-hmm. me that I'm not I'm gonna do bunny quote ears, you know, I'm not normal, and you know, and then that kind of puts a negativity on it and it kind of all kind of just spirals and that. So I think having something mm. like that is is really useful. And also, you know, if people are maybe, you know, they've had this where they've saying, you have know, got high blood pressure, you've got this and that, but maybe things yes. that may be tallying up. Like we are saying, in some circumstances, it could be that someone hasn't been particularly unhealthy eating or particularly unfit, but then they're gonna suddenly start embark on something, but their their actual mm. body chemistry is is completely out of what yep. it should be in the normal ranges having that person that to say well actually before you start just running into this can we just check everything over and make sure that we're going in this from the from the right mindset straight away and make sure there's nothing else kind of underlying that's um that's possibly being missed
1: yeah and it's, it's also good you know again just you know thinking like you say we're in protection industry and that sort of thing you know it could also help with people you come out of hospital for example and just help again with just discussing options about coming out of hospital or recuperating that sort of thing all in, all in conjunction with the nutritionist as well you know it really does sort of tally up to be a really supportive package for people
0: we were saying you know how you don't go to the gp generally and i'm of thinking of alan and the uh, way anyway, he's the same and i'm of thinking how i would be saying to him contact and you know if he would probably say to me no and I'd be like what would you be saying to the kids if it was the kids would you be contacting <laughs> that's how I do it I built mm. it that way it's a, it's a trick I learned from my mom you know and I think that you know again though it, you know even if you're not sure about it for yourself just having that in mind as well to remember for your family your immediate family just how yeah. important something like that can be and and I know yeah. obviously with the variety services say I've used it I think I've used it for all of my children now with my eldest he had sort of like a bit of a he just had something going on with his skin and everyone kept saying it was eczema. And I was convinced it wasn't eczema because it had been going on so long. He would scream when the medicine went on and something, let's say when we were on holiday that time, something happened and his skin had just changed ever so slightly. And I just did, I did the thing, you know, Googled and I spoke to them. I just <laughs> said, I was like, I said, I'm not a medical doctor, but obviously I'm his mom. I've seen all this. It's, it's sounding, I've done a bit of research and it sounds to be like this, is it within the realms of possibility and I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. So we went from him having what was it, five, six years worth of treatment for eczema to trying a slightly different cream to it being cleared up within two weeks and wow. you know, three or four years down the line. And I mean, obviously, I've completely understand that eczema is the, the initial go-to that people are going to think of because it's the most common. But, you know, it just yeah. didn't seem quite right. And it was nice to just have that kind of opportunity, you know, like more than the 10 minutes to just sit there and kind of, and i suppose sometimes you can feel a little bit intimidated as well when you actually sat in an office mm. with a doctor to sort of like go well i'm kind of disagreeing with you that kind of thing yeah. And you know yeah. over the phone is it, and obviously when you're able to write out all that message as well because another thing with these is that you can send pictures beforehand you can write messages right. to say yeah this is what's happening so that gp can really prepare and not saying obviously to challenge gps you know constantly or anything but sometimes when you know things just don't feel right to just have that ability you know, maybe using the full second medical opinion service or using yep, the GP to contact to yep. say, is this mm-hmm. actually okay another child, you know, lots and lots of issues with the ear, they thought there was been a perforated eardrum. We've continued to have some issues throughout this year. And I think as well, because where we are, um, it's not easy getting GP appointments and you can only tend to get them if it's kind of like on the day, if it's a bit of what's known as an emergency. And, um, and even those are limited. And there were times that, you know, sort of like I'd maybe been at some point and they said, oh, you know, possibly come back if you need to. But then with the lockdown, you don't want to bother people. You don't want to waste their resources, their protective equipment. You don't want to take away from someone who's possibly really, really ill. But then using this kind of a service, you can contact and just say, well, look, I have a child. This is the history. This is what's happening. Am I being daft? And then, you know, if they turn around and say to you get them in for an emergency appointment, because even if it isn't an emergency, it's their ear, it's their hearing. Yes, it's not sort of like, they're not having a heart attack or something, but they need to be seen. Yeah, um, absolutely. you that confidence then, when you ring the GP and and the receptionist is yeah. going, is an emergency that you just can, you can turn and just go, yes. And you don't feel bad because you just yeah. say, yes, a G- I've spoken with a private GP, uh, I say private GP, because so I, I know it's not technically a private GP, but you know, it's, it's the way that oh, I it is, is. Yeah, it's just sort of like, I, I always know that I have to be careful though because of private medical insurance, yeah. to try not to sort of like, <laughs> cross the line or anything and um mm-hmm. yeah, i've spoken to a private gp and they said that the child needs to be seen today and uh, you know you just <laughs> feels so much better and then when you actually see them yeah. as a professional in person they're just like yeah of course it's absolutely fine don't worry and stuff but you know it's you, yeah. do you kind of yeah. feel at the moment sometimes as if you are as if, if as if you I, I sometimes feel as if i shouldn't be contacting the nhs gp and i think this is kind of giving me an yeah. option to feel a bit more confident
1: yeah I mean I agree with you Catherine I mean actually something similar happened last week to me yeah. so I used the GP and I thought oh, it, was, it was it was my ear I, same sort of thing it's like yeah you're right hearing you, you don't mess around with hearing do you because yeah. you know it's quite fundamental to yes. everyday life basically so similar thing she said no I think you know you sent me pictures but I think you really need to be seen face to face so Then you phone the surgery and say something similar, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's advisable that I do see someone. And then you're right. You've been, I use the word empower a lot, but you're right. It's the confidence to know that you've had that advice and you are there for very good reason. to be seen and take action so you're right it's just being able to look after themselves and not worry that they're using up resources you know worrying about going to the your local GP if you don't really need to but at the same time you're still looking after yourself and making sure that things get you know seen to when they should do.
0: Absolutely. So would you like to, and obviously we've spoken generally about the the lots of different aspects of value-added services, but is there anything that you'd like to say in regards to what AIG are offering in regards to the smart health?
1: Yeah, no, thanks, Kath. I mean, yeah, we've talked through all those six services that are available under smart health and the themes that we've been talking through is just there's no... We don't put any limitations on people using any of the services, yeah. you know, with, you know, you've talked about your boys and GP appointments, you know, just having that peace of mind, knowing that you can just use them when you need to and be it out of hours or just to get some advice as well. You talk there about the second medical opinion and just gave an excellent example about, you know something wrong with the skin and you just feel that it just wasn't right that's another tool there for you just to get you know as a mum a parent get some peace of mind but fundamentally you know smart health is it's all constructed for people to get the support they need for you know body and mind just when they absolutely need it and you know the expression is please please use it is there to be used and we're seeing some great stats gp usage through lockdown has just doubled and stayed that way Uh, So people are really happy to use it. As I've said, you know, about 40% of people are repeat users. So, you know, that means to me that just signifies that they're really happy with the service and they do tell us they are happy to use the remote services um, when they need to. Um, Another really important aspect, again, as a kind of reference, is that being able to refer on to other services. So mental health, for example, or even getting a referral letter into your NHS or PMI as well yeah so it's just making sure that people are able to seek the expert opinion they need day to day when we're still in this crazy world of lockdown
0: I think yes I say I think all of this is is incredible and you know lockdown I think we'd all want to, to not have lockdown showing us how good it is we shouldn't need a lockdown to show us how good it is but it really is at this moment it, it shows just you know how important these aspects are and how these insurances aren't you know we've always you know saying it's very you know it's, it's a very key thing to say and it's been said a lot in our industry that the claim is the absolute that is the the promise that insurers give is is the payment of that claim but I think the promise is evolving now it's it's not just the claim it's the the continued support of your health and your family as well and I think that's um, yeah. That's incredible. I was going to say as well, I know we're yeah. already coming towards the yeah. end of the end of the time now, but I just want to just say that um, I'm really, really pleased to see AIG's new critical illness offering and the way it's been designed. I think it's an absolute um, game changer and it's something that I think, you know, advisors and insurers, I think have all spoken about a, a, for a long, long time. And I know as advisors, we've been saying, you know, this would be absolutely amazing if we could have something like this and, and obviously to see AIG. Really leading the way with that is 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 lovely to see, and I was um, very excited
1: to see that um, when it when it came out through the other week. Yeah, that's great feedback. Thanks, Catherine. We we'll, we'll all appreciate that.
0: Um, I am um, well. We even. are want to the truth or lie feature.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: So we're at that stage where we're going to be saying a truth or lie. So I shall go first. So what I am going to be saying is, and we're going to go with a the Christmas theme. Because I have seen some people on social media already putting up um, Christmas trees. I am going to be putting up my Christmas tree two weeks before Christmas. And Alison, what are you going to be doing?
1: I'm going to put my Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve.
0: OK, let's see what, uh, let's see what people think. Thank you, everybody, to listening uh, to Alison and me. And thank you, Alison, so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Catherine.
0: It's been lovely having you on. Next time, I'm going to be speaking with Paul Moore from Winston's Wish. It's a childhood bereavement charity, we're chatting about how they offer their services to policyholders and um, for some insurance policies, and and just where they stand out. I think that you know we can just hear from the facts of what kind of a charity you know the focus is. So you can immediately tell that it's an absolutely essential service. If you'd like a reminder of the next episode, please do drop me a message on social media or visit the website www.practical-protection.co.uk and don't forget that if you are listening to this as part of your work you can claim a CPD certificate on the website too Thank you Alison
1: Thank you Catherine, bye
0: Bye